Welcome to the Courage to Connect podcast, where you'll find authentic conversations, short stories, and a whole lot of vulnerability. Our host, Mark Ostash, is a digital wellness author and human connection expert who has written two books, done two TED Talks, and is frequently featured in USA Today. So check your phone one last time and get ready to be encouraged by Mark Ostash. Hey, welcome to the Courage to Connect podcast. I am your host, Mark Ostash, and I'm super excited to be talking to you today about the imitation principle. That's right. You may have never heard of it, uh, but the imitation principle is essentially says you reflect what you receive. So in today's episode, we're going to unpack what that means, and we're going to talk through ways that we can take inventory of both what we do and view and how that impacts our inputs or what we received, and then talk through how that gets us to uh, influence how we show up into the world, what we reflect. So it's going to be a great episode. I assure you, like uh, the other episodes, all one of them, since this is the second podcast of Courage to Connect, but I do promise you 20 to 23 minute episodes where you have digestible takeaways, easy to uh, listen to stories, and things that are going to make you say, ah, oh yeah, that's right. I do need to consider how that's impacting my mind, body, spirit, and the way that I connect, or hopefully the way that you connect with courage. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, keep chopping those onions, do whatever you're doing when you're listening to these podcasts, and I'm so thankful that we're here today. So let's let's dive in. I'm going to start with a story. Um, I found myself uh, in the midst of the month one of the pandemic with my wife. Now, at this time, we had two preschoolers, and our kids were, like many of you, uh, home for uh, an indefinite amount of time, learning and living from home. So virtually speaking, the kids were connected to preschool over Zoom. I hope to God no other generation will ever utter those exact same words. Uh, But nevertheless, that's where we are at. And I had just launched the business. My wife is a, a... entrepreneur herself. So she was working at home and we looked at each other like, what are we going to do for the next six hours? So I found myself uh, signing up for a little bit of arts and crafts with the kids. It was uh, my turn to pick the activity. So we grabbed some cardboard craft paper and we were in for a treat. So we began sketching and drawing. Uh, I happened to draw an amazing picture of Garfield which to my kids, they just thought dad was this incredible artist. But to me, I knew secretly Garfield is the only thing that I know how to draw. So I drew my Garfield, the kids drew flowers and trees and uh, put some uh, sprinkles uh, with glitter, with glue and all the other things that happen in preschool that should be happening in the uh, wonders of a classroom. But nevertheless, it was a fun moment that kind of lasted only for about 20 minutes until Temper tantrums began, uh, scissors were being thrown. It was an intense moment. I found myself going to my wife. We were in the kitchen, exchanged some heated words, not at each other, but just about life in the moment. And that was that. So fast forward to later on that evening for dinner, I found myself 
with the dinner table set, getting ready to prepare what I would call an angry meal. And in an angry meal, that just is usually when I'm disconnected from the family. Uh, we're all together, but I'm not necessarily there. And I find myself almost angrily eating, not with an expression on my face, but internally just emotionally eating fast and not necessarily thinking through what it is that I'm eating. So nevertheless, we found ourselves, uh, we prayed, we began to uh, just discuss dinner with uh, preschoolers, which is always fun to do. And all of a sudden, our three-year-old daughter at the time looks me dead in the eyes with a little smile on her face and says to me, Dad, can you please pass the effing orange? I was like, what? I look at my wife. She looks at me. We're like, did she just say effing orange? So I just decided to ignore it. And I looked back at her again. I said, Mila, what is it that you need? And she said, Daddy, can you please pass the effing orange? This time I knew exactly she knew not, she didn't know what she was saying, but I knew clearly what word she was choosing to say. Oh my gosh, the little kids say the darndest things. Later on that evening, I began debriefing with my wife saying, where on God's green earth did she hear that language? And I thought back to an earlier, not so perfect moment in my walk as a human being where that may or may not have slipped out in the kitchen in my adult conversation with my wife. Now, I share that story, one, just to acknowledge just how perfectly imperfect households are. I'm sure you're living in one of them right now. Uh, but just to also express what happens when you uh, reflect what it is that you receive. And in this case, my daughter had reflected the words that I chose to say earlier, not to her or at her, but she heard them. She reflected uh, what she had received. And, uh, you know, ch children do say the darndest things. And I heard a quote once that said, children, uh, don't worry about if children are listening to you. Just be aware that they always are. And that quote still stands with me today. So back to the imitation principle, this idea of what we reflect is what we receive is so true. Now, currently, many of us are glued to our devices. We're finding the news is continuing to be more and more, uh, you know, uh, I guess you could say engaging uh, in such a way where it is engaging often the fear muscle that exists when we are being flexed about inflation and uh, the potential of World War III, or some speculate the existing Cold War, or the Civil War that's happening on American soil right now in our minds. And all these things, uh, you can't help but think about all of the inputs that come in from our day. So I recently read how we spend two and a half hours per day on social media and news. So if you average that out, that's nearly 17 hours a week. Okay, so just in one week, we're spending nearly 17 hours of day of having social media and the news function as an input to our life, to our mental space. So think about how that impacts how you show up, what it is you're reflecting into the conversations, into the situations, into the posts, into the thoughts, into the reflections. All of those things are creating vibrations and uh, you know, almost an atmosphere into the world in which you live. Now, I say in which you live because many of us that have lived long enough to know that the world, although large uh, in nature, is oftentimes 
the lowest common denominator of our world is our thoughts that live within it. So each one of us has thoughts that reflect our own views and uh, beliefs, and those things uh, eventually make up the world around us. So back to the imitation principle, when we're finding ourselves uh, maybe not feeling well uh, internally, uh, that often is what we wear externally to those around us. And I'd like to share just maybe a more recent story that talks through a struggle that I've had on the uh, input side or on the uh, receiving side. So like many other folks, uh, we find ourselves in uh, seasons of change and we're praying through what that could look like. And um, that has brought up this conversation of, should we move? And as a result, uh, we have been spending, I have been spending, my wife's been spending a uh, pretty substantial amount of time on Zillow. Now, I didn't really look at Zillow much other than the you know one or two times a year where I'd pop in our address to see what our house is worth. Uh, but more recently, I've fallen trapped into looking and being consumed by Zillow. Now, uh, I recently spoke at a real estate conference, which had you know, a few hundred realtors in the room as they were celebrating their annual awards. And a term that I'd never heard of, and I didn't understand until last week, was being tossed around in the room at this realtors conference. And they referenced it as Zillow porn. Now, I kind of chuckled, not necessarily knowing what that meant, but now having uh, viewed some incredibly beautiful homes on Zillow and then toured them in, uh, in person and thought, well, this isn't quite exactly what it looks like online. Not so much the catfish of the uh, realtor uh, experience or real estate experience, but uh, I think many of you know what I'm talking about. So um, back to just kind of my obsession with Zillow is I've just found myself being consumed in between my free times in this cycle where I am just checking and speculating and it goes from dreaming to fantasizing to what ifing and what ifing, which sounds kind of like what effing, but what ifing really puts me in what I like to refer to as a cognitive loop. Okay, so this is the term that I want you to, to really think through for a second. A cognitive loop is when you essentially get stuck mentally on something that is keeping you in that loop. Uh, I've also referred to it as brain lock. Uh, some people might call it obsessive compulsive disorder, but a cognitive loop is literally when your mind is looping on a situation and your body is frozen. Not literally, but you can't do much else in your mind other than continue to marinate and run circles like a hamster in a wheel around that cognitive loop. It is my greatest downfall, and I pray one day that God relieves my mind of my tendency to negatively spin out, so to speak, when I get caught in that cognitive loop. So here I am on Zillow. This is like week two. We put offers on houses. People are, you know, putting $100,000 over offers. It's just an insane time in the real estate market. And uh, I still find myself at night going to bed thinking like, gosh, I just feel ugh, irritated, angry. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, not at rest. And I've confessed to my wife, like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but like, I need to get off Zillow. This isn't cutting it. Um, and I can tell that it's becoming a bad habit quickly. 
she acknowledged that I'm probably right and encouraged me just to just to take a break and as she always says, uh, you know, let go and let God. Uh, so very thankful for her uh, sage advice. So the example of, uh, you know, maybe being obsessed with Zillow porn, uh, that slang term that I referenced earlier, or even just finding yourself kind of caught in cognitive loops where we often find ourselves uh, unable to, to break away from the news feed, uh, our bank account balance, the stock market rates, all these things that are always changing, they don't prove to be productive uh, in the way that we are reflecting what it is that we desire. So here are, here we are. We, I basically, like my wife, we have a desire to grow our family and expand the brick and mortar of our home, not to have more, but to, uh, you know, get a little bit more space so that way we can, uh, uh, bring more fellowship into the house, bring more gatherings, uh, not step on each other's toes, or, you know, share, share the bathroom and, you know, have the toothbrush wars, right? Or whatever the case is. So in the both examples of uh, the story of my daughter with the orange or uh, my own kind of confessions of uh, getting lost in the rabbit holes of Zillow, those things model the imitation principle. So just to recap, the imitation principle literally means is the inputs of your, uh, what you do and view particularly online or offline, uh, reflect how you show up. And I think that this is a really, really important principle to grasp because many of us want change, but the reality of it is, is that we're not willing to take inventory of what it is that we're inputting, which has a direct impact of what it is that we are outputting. And you think of it this way, you wouldn't put, uh, you know, uh, um, vegetable oil into a uh, an automobile, thinking that it's going to travel you across the country, right? Um, did I just say automobile? By the way, am I? Is, is this like uh, 1989? Yes, get your brand new automobile. Come down to Mark's dealership. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know where these words come from. Sometime, but uh, you get the point. What you fuel your mind with, where you spend your time, is a direct reflection on what it is that you are going to offer to those that surround themselves with you. So I want to offer up uh, a few ways that you can begin practicing the imitation principle and ideally better representing your part in the world because you have more awareness and uh, intentionality on what it is that you are doing. And I'd like to start by saying, make a list, take inventory of what you do. So we're going to cover three quick things to really begin practicing the imitation principle. First thing is, is take inventory of what you view and what you do. We're creatures of habits, right? We have somewhat of 60,000 thoughts a day. Uh, 98% of those thoughts are habitual meaning the same thing we thought yesterday is going to be the same thing we think today and the exact same set of things we think tomorrow. Which by the way, uh, 80% of those things are negative. So we really have to be intentional how we're fueling our mind, how we're fueling our time with things that are pure and good and noble and praiseworthy and all these things that allow us to get into a better place and space. I heard it recently said that uh, when there was a great recession in 2008, 
Um, it was actually our pastor, Coach Dave Martin from Motor City Church in Troy, Michigan, uh, our home church, where we love and feel thankful to go to. But he recently said just this morning, he goes, I used to tell people in 2008, I don't, I don't participate in the recession. I'm not participating in it. It's not going to be part of the uh, my my mindset, my experience. Uh, you know, I'm after abundance and and favor, and and I'm going to just put put out into the world what it is that I'm looking to give get back from it. And it's not prosperity gospel, but it is an intentionality with your thought power. And as we know, what we think about grows, and where our mind goes, our heart grows. So all of these things are interconnected. So that's why taking inventory of what you view and do is a great way just to say, you know, you've made this list, maybe it's three things, five things, 10 things, the social media sites, the, um, you know, the things you read, the things you do on a daily basis, and then just begin putting a little uh, check if they are um, adding value to what it is that you're looking to reflect into the world or put a minus if they're not. So once you've done that, um, another strategy that I assure you will begin to make you re rethink that, that uh, inventory list is uh, the number two way that you can begin practicing the invitation. Imitation principle is you can consider what I call sacred bookends of the day. So it is the first 10 minutes of the day and the last 10 minutes, the way you bookend your day. So they're sacred because if you choose to carve out time alone, quiet time, 10 minutes, can be 15 minutes, 20 minutes some days, five minutes other days, but I, I aim for 10 minutes. Set your alarm a few minutes early, get up for 10 minutes and go digital free right? For me, I grab a cup of warm water, warm lemon water, and I sit down in the same green chair that I sit at every day. And I read my Jesus Calling for Kids, which is a devotional that we bought our kids and that we have been through for like three years, the same devotional book. And it's uh, just an easy way to get into the word and for me to begin grounding myself in uh, in truth. And uh, and then I find myself uh, in my gratitude notebook. And it's it's less of a gratitude notebook for me and more of a journal where I write daily thoughts. And I'm usually expressing some level of thanks and praise for what it is that I have and then beginning to um, you know, talk through what it is that I want to be prayerful or intentional about today. And that takes literally 10 minutes to do those two things. Now, in the same space at the end of the night, um, if I'm not, you know, watching a show on Netflix with my wife, uh, hashtag this is us, hashtag no, I wasn't crying. I had an eyelash in my eye. Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's coming to a close. Final season, this is us. Just a just a quick plug for for this is us. What a, what a show. What a show. But um, getting back to the bookend of the end of your day, as you can imagine, carve that same 10 minutes out. Stretch. Get, uh, you know, land the plane before you go to bed, I like to tell people. So don't just find yourself glued to your phone in bed and then boom, your battery dies. You're like, oh, time to go to bed. No, take a few minutes digital free and see if you can't, uh, you know, if you're uh, living with somebody, see if you can't living with somebody. If you have a spouse or uh, somebody you know that you're that you're close with, see if you can engage in a in a conversation with them before you go to bed, saying, "Hey, like, 
you know, what is it that, you know, happened with you today or, or how are you feeling now? Or how can I support what it is that you're thinking about? My wife and I often uh, say to each other, um, you know, what fears do you need to let go of, you know? And then that gives us an opportunity to both confess and talk and listen to each other. But in those final 10 minutes of the day, uh, you know, you can, again, go back to the journaling and uh, writing exercise. That's another fantastic way just to begin considering how you can uh, reflect better what it is that you're looking to show up in the world. So those bookends, the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes, they're sacred. They're sacred for a reason. So if you haven't begun considering those as sacred uh, parts to your day, and by the way, just watch how your day changes when you have some grounded solo alone time, right? Social media free, just and and if you don't want to get into the word because that's not where you're at, great. Grab a journal, right? Go outside, walk to the end of your street and back. Listen to the birds, listen to nature. Just try to grasp where your body's at and see if you can, you know, kind of wake up with the earth or go back to bed with the earth. I recently heard um, that the end of the day. Uh, in the original state actually was sunrise. I think this comes from, you know, some of the Old Testament Jewish texts that talk through that when you actually are going to bed at night, it is technically the beginning of the day. So what you think about before you go to bed, what you do before you go to bed sets the tone for what it is you're going to wake up to in your literal, you know, morning routine. So food for thought. The last thing that I want to leave you with, we've covered take inventory of what you view and do, and then do a check or minus whether it's adding value to your life or not. Uh, create sacred bookends, those first 10 minutes and last 10 minutes. And the third point I like to refer to is called purpose priming. So if you're feeling like you just digested a whole bunch of digital calories and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was on Instagram that long. Or in my case, why am I back on Zillow? There's no new houses right now than there were just one hour ago. Get off Zillow. If you're stuck in a cognitive loop and you find yourself just really brain locked into uh, consuming, um, just do what's called purpose priming. Purpose priming is simple. It's free. It's uh, under 15 minutes and it has to include physical movement. So let me give you a few examples. Purpose priming for me is doing the dishes, even if there is literally two dishes in the dishwasher uh, or going outside and blowing the leaves off the driveway or off the back uh, porch area or uh, doing a quick puzzle or petting my dog like in a almost abnormally cuddly type of a way. Um, abnormally cuddly is that is that and you guys get what i'm saying snuggle with your dog snuggle with your animals um or just find some way to remove yourself from the cognitive loop use the movement and the activity to separate yourself from the inputs that are causing you pain and begin to have purpose primed back into you like fresh fuel in your tank so we've covered a lot of ground i told you i'd keep us to that 23 minute mark if you have a topic you want me to talk about, let me know. Otherwise, like I mentioned before, I promise in the Courage to Connect podcast to bring you stories and resources that are bite-sized in nature that are going to bring you more courage, more faith, more hope, more confidence in how you're connecting both online, offline, and inline. 
So thanks for tuning in. Go practice the imitation principle. Share this with a friend or family member. And thanks so much for joining. We will see you back soon.